So um, today um, we decided to chat on, because I've been getting so many questions on um, what is even God's will when it comes to choosing a partner? Why do I feel confused? What is God saying about choosing a partner? What is the stand of Christ when it comes to choosing a partner? Why do we use the terminology God's will? And I don't even understand the meaning of God's will when choosing a partner. Why does it sound so ambiguous? Is God's will so ambiguous? What is even in this God's will? Why can't we just give it another name? Why does it feel like God's will is hard? Or why does it feel like people just tend to marry whosoever they feel like and they don't understand God's will? Because one way or the other, they feel that God's will seems hard. So um, I'm just going to break that down. Firstly, I'd like to make a bold statement. God's will is not a person. God's will is a position. So I just want you to just keep that in mind that God's will is not a person. God's will is a position. So there's no such thing as um, this is what, um, is this person heaven said I will marry? Like since when they gave it to me, God has said, okay, for example, your name is... Um, um, let me pick a name that is not here so I don't feel I'm um, pointing at you. Let's see. Um, good. For example, as a lady, your name is Eniola. And then you find a man, his name is Femi. I think Femi is a very popular name. Let's just join Eniola and, and, and Femi. And there's no such thing as um, from the predestination of Eniola, God has said Femi will be a husband. No. God is not a person. It's a position. So which means that if God is assigning someone to you and the person decides not to get married to you, God will not force the person. So there are instances that I've seen, situations where people come and meet me and they, they tell me that I prayed concerning the person and um, God said, this is the person. But at the end of the day, I found out some months later that the person was getting married to another person. Such situations have happened over and over again. And then they come and meet me that, Ma, didn't I hear well? And I say, no, it's possible. You actually heard well. For every word God gives you, for every desire of God, for every desire, every word of God, it needs the participatory role of every man on earth. So if God is saying that Femi, for instance, is Eniola's husband, and Femi decides that I'm not going to marry Eniola, God is not going to force Femi. So don't have it at the back of your mind that um, it is Femi, God said, I will marry. And um, if I don't marry Femi, then I don't have any husband on earth. That's not true. God's will it's not a person. I'm going to say that again. God's will is a position. Now, what do I mean by God's will is a position? I mean that there is a posture that every man that is set to be called a husband or every woman that is prepared to be called a wife is meant to have in the realm of the spirit. So being a wife is more than I'm a woman, I'm married. It's a position. Being a husband is more than I'm a man, I'm married. It's a position. So there's a position, a priestly position that you're meant to attain to be fit to be a husband based on the scripture. And that's why the Bible has made us to understand that based on the scripture, because the Bible is our standard, the husband submits to Christ 
as Christ is submitting to the Father, why the wife submits to the husband. It's, it was never based on significance. God did not say, oh, the man is more important than the woman. No, it's because God is a God of order. God loves order. God is a God of principle. So he said, okay, it comes as God, God the Father, Jesus the Son, the man submitting to Christ, while the woman submitting to the man that is submitting to Christ. So that's a posture. So for every prospective partner, the person must be attaining that posture of submission to Christ. So before a woman gets married to a man to be submitted to him, she must also be attaining that posture of submitting to Christ. So you see that it's more than I'm a woman, it's a position. Am I ready to attain that position, that posture of a wife? So there's no such thing as, um, this is the person God has assigned that will marry and this is the person I'll marry. If I don't, if this person says no, then that's all for me. That's not true. God's will is a position. It's not a person. If a person decides today that he or she is not going to marry you because God is not a forceful father, God will let that person go and he will give you another person. So like I was saying, there's a position, there's a posture you need to attain for you to be fit to marry a person. Now, what do I mean by that? Um, I, mean, I mean that um, for every man, that is called, that is elect, elected, for every man that has um, a role here, definitely every man has a role, but for every man that has found his purpose, for him to marry a woman, there's a posture. For example, let me give an example of a pastor, a pastor that is unmarried. A pastor that is unmarried cannot go and marry a random girl. Pardon my use of word. When I mean a random girl, I mean a girl that does not love God or does not submit to Christ or does not love the things of God. Why? She's not attaining that posture. She cannot handle the grace upon that man's life. And this is where the principle of alignment comes, where you cannot just marry any person. Can that person align and handle and support the grace of God upon your life? This is God's will. This is God's will. The word of God says, we continually pray for you that you are filled with the knowledge of his will. So it's possible to be filled with the knowledge of God's will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. It is possible to know God's will concerning marriage. It's possible for a man to propose to you or as a man, a woman should um, lay advances to you and you say, no, this is not God's will. No. For example, you're a woman and the man that is um, chasing after you is a man that does not love God, is a man that goes clubbing, is a man that drinks, and then you say, this is God's will. That's not God's will. Because the word of God is our standard. God is saying, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. How do you get God's will? Go through the word of God. Anything that God is bound by his word. God does not do anything outside his word. So for you to know God's will when it comes to choosing a partner, let your standard be based on the scriptures. Let your standard be based on, his, on the scriptures. I always advise people whenever I'm doing consultations with couples, um, for those that are intending to get married, I always say, prioritize the fruits of the spirit above the gifts of the spirits. 
because I see that so many times we see people that um, they speak in tongues, they possess the um, gift of prophecy and so on. And then the word of God says the gift of God is without repentance. But then they are not loving, they are not gentle, they are not patient. Prioritize the fruit of the Spirit above the gift of the Spirit when choosing a partner. So God's, God's will is not ambiguous. There are standards, biblical standards you search whenever you're trying to choose a partner that you don't even need to go and pray to God about. Someone smokes, someone drinks, someone flirts, and you say, I just want to go and pray. Maybe that's God. That's not God's will. That's not God's will. God's will is for you to be with a man that loves you like how he loves you. Have you ever wondered why God will liken marriage to Jesus and the church? Do you know what it means for Jesus to die for his bride? That's how sacred marriage is. That's how sacred it is. To show how much intimate God likened marriage to. And then do you think he will want you or seemingly his will will be someone that isn't like him? No. That's not what the Bible teaches us. So God's will is not ambiguous. Go search it out in the scripture. Anyone who is doing opposite to the things of God is not God's will for you. Anyone who does not possess not just possession, does not express the fruit of the Spirit is not God's will for you. It's not that um, there is someone that, ah, this is the person I'll marry for life. That's not true. I've seen so many cases that God has said this is the person and both of them do not take it. In fact, it happens in church settings, church relationships, Christian relationships, where you see that they've prayed and God has said, okay, God has given them convictions, but they did not manage the relationship well. They ended up scattering. For every word God gives you, there's always a participatory role. So you cannot just sit down and say, ah, God has said, this woman is my willow. I will not love her. I will not take care of her. I won't shower her with love. I won't shower her with attention. I won't shower her with care. And you just expect Jesus to come to it and come and do it for you. That's not true. You have your own participatory role. And that's why it's very important to discern. It's very important to discern when it comes to God's will. Because there are wolves in sheep clothing out there. There are wolves in sheep clothing out there. When you see someone that goes to church, is even in church groups, goes for church activities, and doesn't love God truly. So we cannot now, we are not even blinded by he or she goes to church, he or she attends um, church activities, he or she is a worker in church, is a lie. Because nowadays we see even workers that are not true lovers of God. And the most easiest way to know a person who is a true lover of God, who has encountered Jesus, is the expression of the fruit of the spirits, not the gifts, because the gift of God is without repentance. And the word of God says, by their fruits, we shall know them. The easiest way to know a person that is in love with Jesus, submits to the Lordship of the Holy Ghost, is through the expression of the fruit of the spirits in Galatians 5, 22 to 23. 
So God's will is not ambiguous. There's nothing like I'm confused about God's will. No. Use the word as your standard. Use the scriptures as your standard. What is God saying about me and this person? If he doesn't give you a direct instruction, go and search it out in the Bible. This person does not love me. This person shouts at me, treats me badly, does not value me in a relationship. And then the Bible is saying, husband, love your wife. Do you think when I get married to this person, this person will value me? And that's why we cannot search the scripture without the help of the Holy Spirit. Because there are so many times that the scripture will just give a verse and you need to brood, brood over that verse till you get the true meaning from the Holy Spirit. Recently, I just had a different transformational meaning about a Bible verse in the, in, in the scripture. And I was shocked. All my life, I'm going to submit to you, all my life, I didn't know that it was what the, that Bible verse meant. All my life, I've been basing my knowledge for that particular Bible verse through what I heard in church, not what I learned from the secret place. And then it just occurred to me, and the Holy Spirit was telling me, go read that Bible first. Go um, discern, go and meditate. And then on my quiet, in my quiet time, I, I began to meditate on that Bible verse. And then I started meditating. I saw a different meaning. And I said, Holy Spirit, why? Why does it feel that like we've been deceived? Because all my life, I thought this thing was a different thing because I learned it from church. And he said, you know why people feel deceived? Because we take everything we get in church. Not because you shouldn't take it, but we don't go back to our secret place to meditate on it. And that's why most times the word of God does not come to pass in our lives because we have not meditated. For every word we get from God, we meditate till we become that word here on earth. I always say that I learned it from my mentor. You don't get a word of God. You don't get a word, a revelation to showcase that, oh, this is the word God said. You get a word so that you can become that word on earth. Creation is waiting for my manifestation. I'm not just saying it. I must become that manifestation. Can you see that God's will is not ambiguous? It's not, it's not, it's not even hard. But the sweet thing about it, why do I say it's sweet? I say it's sweet because um, God is not a forceful father. If today you say that if God has shown you a person or you're in a relationship with a person and then God has given you um a conviction about that person. If you don't play your part, nothing will happen. No. You guys, you end up scattering. I've, I've consulted so many like that. And I tell them the truth. You didn't play your part. Or if God has told you about someone and the person, God is saying that this is not my will for you. Or you are seeing red flags and you are deciding that I will manage. It's you that will face the consequence. Because God is not a forceful father. The Holy Spirit will never force you to leave a person. He will intercede for you, but it is left to you to submit to his lordship and obey him. And obedience is better than sacrifice. So I did this meeting to just explain that God's will is not ambiguous. It's the sweetest thing you can ever have. And it starts from your submission to the Holy Spirit. Every day when Holy Spirit tells you, wake up this time. 
you wake up. It's not hard to hear. Do you know it's not hard to hear God? It's not hard. I hear God every time. It didn't just start. It's something I started daily. Wake up by this time. Pray for this person. Pray, intercede for this marriage. As little as I was doing that, the way God sharpened my gift of discernment is alarming. The way I see things, it's alarming. But it didn't just start. I won't deceive anyone here that I just decided, I just started discerning. When God gives me a word, it comes to, it's a lie, it didn't start like that. There were some times that God gave me a word and I didn't see them. And I went back to meet the Holy Spirit because the prayer of inquiry is powerful. And I said, Holy Spirit, what is happening in this? He would tell me, intercede. Because no matter how much God desires for things to happen on earth, he still needs men. And it also, it's also works when it comes to marriage. No matter how much God wants you to marry a woman that submits to you, that loves you, that loves the Lord, you still need to watch out for good women. You still need to discern. You still need to watch out for red flags. When you see things that are not healthy, when you see a man that is taking you away from the place of God, you don't even need to pray. He's already taking you away from the place of God. That is not God's will. The word of God says, draw near unto me and I will draw near unto you. So God, God's hands are like this and he's waiting for you to do like this. And then you, there's a man, there's a woman that is taking you far. That's not God's will. So you see that the will of God for us concerning marriage is not ambiguous. It's very easy. I feel that God's will is one of the most easiest things I've encountered in my life. It's not hard for me to submit to the Lord anymore. Because I've dedicated my life, I've paid allegiance to the Holy Spirit that my response will always be, yes, Lord, even when it seems hard, even when it goes against my emotions, yes, Lord. Because the one that sees the end, if he tells you to do this, it means he has seen the end. So God's will is not hard when it comes to choosing a partner. God wants you to be with a man that loves you. God wants you to be with a man that respects you. God wants you to be with a man that values you. God wants you to be with a man that has um, the same principle as you have. When I, come to, when, I, when I talk about principle, I mean the principle of sexual purity. So I always get this question that um, I want to be sexually pure, but my man does not want to be sexually pure. And I give them this reply, run away. It takes two to tango. So anytime you feel that uh, you want to keep yourself and honor the Lord, but the person here with does not have that same ideology, one word or the other, that person will make you fall. Because for you to keep yourself in a relationship, there's need for an alignment of grace and decision. It's not something that is easy. It's something that is done personally, individually, where, <coughs> sorry, where one, um, one individual says, I will keep myself. And the other individual says, I will also keep myself. So we are not keeping ourselves because we want to honor each other. We are keeping ourselves because we want to honor the Lord. And I think this is the mistake that people tend to have where it's only one person that has the mindset of keeping himself or herself till after marriage. And then the other person doesn't have that mindset. Then you tend to struggle. It's an individual thing. 
the bed on default is an individual decision you make. You can come and talk about it collectively, but individually, you know that I'm doing it to honor the Lord, not because of you, because the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak. So God's will is not ambiguous. God's will is not hard. It starts from you submitting yourself daily to his love, to his um, leadings, to his promptings, to his instructions, and also leads to marriage. There are various ways that we have convictions about getting married to a person. There are some times that I see people that they hear the name directly. It happens. That happens a lot. When you hear the name that, um, um, let's see, um, Adobe, Michael is your husband. You just, it just clicks, right? But not for everyone. So don't go with the mindset that, ah, I must hear the name. No, no, no. It starts from how do you hear God? How do you hear God? So regardless of what God tells you about a person, regardless of the con conviction you have about a prospective partner, there's one factor that must always accompany that conviction. If it's not there, don't go into that marriage or don't go into that relationship. It is peace. Peace is the defining factor when choosing a partner. Peace. Now, I'm not talking of the peace of men. I'm talking of the peace of God. What is peace? The peace of God is the peace that is accompanied by stillness, even in storm. So when we say peace of God, it does not mean there will not be storm. It does not mean that ah, we will not fight or have misunderstandings in that relationship. That's not true. It means that you will feel still, you will feel stillness in your hearts, regardless of the misunderstandings you're having in that relationship. You disagree to agree. So never forget this. Regardless of the conviction you have about a prospective partner, always make sure that your convictions are accompanied by peace, the peace of God, not the type that the world gives peace we are even if other people are saying don't marry that boy or don't marry that woman she's not or you just feel peace that comes with a backing that the lion of the tribe of judah is involved in this and he has given you a go ahead regardless of the physical circumstance you are seeing like maybe there is no money there's but there's peace after peace any other thing can follow i guarantee you when there is peace, you can build from anywhere with your partner. But if there is no peace, then that's it. That's wrong. As long as there is peace, the peace of God is in that relationship. The peace of God is in that decision. The peace of God is accompanying that conviction about that person. Then go ahead. When there is peace back in you, then move on. But if you don't feel peace, I recently um, handled um, a couple where um, the the man was, he kept on telling me, um, Ade, I don't feel, I don't feel at peace. I don't feel at peace. I don't feel at peace. I said, you don't feel at peace. What happened? Open up to me. And then he opened up to me and told me about his fiance, who they were meant to marry. 
she goes to club, she drinks, she smokes, but he just feels that um, God has called him to change her. I had to rise on my altar and start interceding for him because the mountain God has placed me. I don't force people. When God gives me a word about something and you are doing otherwise, I go and intercede for you. Holy Spirit, convince him. Let there be a supernatural visitation. Let there be an encounter. And to the glory of God, he had an encounter with Jesus and his convictions was bettered. He told me, he said, I cannot marry her. Jesus has given me as an encounter. Jesus says she's not the one for me. And I was just looking, wow. This is the same man that came to tell me, I'm in love with her, marry her like that. I was like, wow, peace. The moment he told me that he was not at peace, I knew something was wrong. I had to go for that to discern and intercede on their behalf. Like, Holy Spirit, what is happening? This man said he doesn't feel peace before God started revealing things to me. So for every decision, maritally, even in life, you need to feel peace. I remember what I said, peace, is the true meaning of the peace of Jesus is that even in the storm, there's stillness. It's like when the boat was reveling and Jesus was in the boat. Jesus was sleeping. I just love Jesus. Jesus was not stressed himself. He was sleeping. And the disciples were like, what's wrong with this man now? They went to wake him. Master, do you want us to die? And what did Jesus do? He said, peace be still. Peace be still. That was just the statement. Peace be still. So for every decision, for every conviction you have about a prospective partner, make sure you feel peace. Regardless of everything I've said today, if you don't feel peace, go back and discern. There's something wrong. Peace. God does not force a man. God will never force you to marry a man. God will never force a man to marry you. Even if God says that, okay, this person has attained that, attained that posture in the realm of the spirit, and this person is fit to be your wife, fit to be your um, husband. If the person says, no, I'm not getting married, God will look away, will not force you. He's not a forceful father. So let me just um, reiterate everything I've said. Firstly, I said that God's will is not a person, it's a position. Secondly, I said that um, there is no such thing as this is the person God has said um, I will marry from the foundations of the earth. No, it's a position. It's not a person. So any person that has attained that posture in the realm of the spirits to fill up that gap, that is God's will. Thirdly, I said that um, you need to have a conviction about going into a relationship or even getting married. You need to be convinced about it. And I said that there are various ways God speaks to us. Before you get convinced about getting into a relationship with someone or getting married to someone, you must have been hearing God through your daily life when Holy Spirit is saying, do this, do that. So God will not just come and say, get married to this. Mm -mm. If you've not been hearing it before, he won't speak concerning your marriage. And I also want to add that there are some times that we might be praying to God and asking God concerning a particular person and God will not see anything. It happens. So don't feel like there's something wrong with you. There's nothing wrong with you. It happens that we are praying about a particular thing, especially when it comes to marriage. If this is the person and God will not see anything concerning that matter, he can be talking about other things. You have to wait. 
keep on waiting because the word of god says in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path wait till he speaks because you need the backing of god to go into a relationship and marriage i also said something in colossians i said that it is possible to know the will of god concerning marriage the word of god says i pray continually that you are filled i'm trying to hurry because the time is um we have less than three minutes and i don't want to open a new link so i'm just going to speak on fast the word of god says i pray that you are continually filled in the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding so it is possible to be filled with the knowledge of god's will it is possible to know that this is not the person god will want me to marry it is possible to be that bold to know that the person god will have me marry must be this kind of person it is possible so don't think you are too bold you cannot you are not too bold it's possible to be filled with the knowledge of god's will concerning marriage it's possible to have standards spiritual standard basis for getting married ah this person has not attained this level this mm -mm. god cannot say this person and the person does not have the potential is not willing to he or she is a baby christian no it is possible to be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding when it comes to marriage. And lastly, I said that for every conviction you get about getting a relationship and getting married, you need to feel peace. It must be accompanied by peace. Peace, peace is the defining factor. God is not a forceful father. You must feel peace. So um, before we go, so can you just put in the comment section, what has been your light bulb moment? We have less than two minutes. What has caught you on our words in this session? Type it in the comment section before I have a general prayer and we end this meeting. What has been your light bulb moments? Let's see. What have you learned? Can you hear me? Peace 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 yes it's possible to know god's will it's very possible god's will is not ambiguous it's not it's the sweetest thing you is the sweetest thing you can know in this life the moment you are aligned it's very sweet it's not ambiguous you just need to submit to the lordship of the holy spirit good peace you can know god's will peace never forget peace that peace is like the defining factor i remember what i told you the definition of peace is peace is not the absence of storm but peace is the presence of stillness even in the 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 availability of stillness rather even in the presence of storm never forget that meaning because so many times we think when it comes to peace it means there will not be storm nothing that's not true peace is the presence is the um, availability of stillness where your heart is at at stillness you just feel still even in the presence of storm i pray that the spirit of god open up your eyes to the knowledge of his will when it comes to relationship and marriage in the name of jesus i stand in the gap for each and every one of you and i decree that you will not miss it when it comes to marriage the spirit of god will cause a divine orchestration that leads you to your divine partner in jesus name have we prayed amen thank you so much guys for joining have a great weekend ahead bye